welcome to Play Hard and Love Big Radio. My name is Katie Clark. Play Hard and Love Big Radio is the official podcast of Spotted Dog Yoga and Stuff in Folsom, California, and it is our intention to bring you stories and people and experiences from our life that we hope will inspire you to live a more full and joyful life yourself. So thank you for listening. Today, I'm really excited to have a guest, Maribel, um, who is a teacher, but also a dear friend. And, um, you know, I know you've been practicing since like the first year we opened 2015, but how long have you been teaching? I was trying to think of when you started teaching. Um, I started teaching 2018. Okay. So she's been with us a really long time, um, both as a, a practitioner and as a teacher. And, um, Definitely somebody that I have learned a lot from in my uh, interactions with. And so I'm really excited to have you here today. Um, one of the things that I just wanted to start with, and I like to hear from um, people that are a part of the studio on this one, is just how yoga has had an impact in your life since you started practicing. Mm. Um, I think self-awareness is one of the biggest things that comes to mind. Um, there's so much, I feel like even just, okay, I thought I knew myself, but there's so much self-awareness that came with not just the physical part, but also the inquiry. Um, for example, I never realized I was an anxious person. I always felt like I was just like, Oh, go with the flow. Um, but I realized that I, it was something that I work really, really hard on, um, keeping balanced and, it was just, it was just a huge aha moment for me to realize that, um, she's quiet and listen. And, um, that perspective really changed my mind. Um, another thing that, um, that I notice is especially since doing yoga is that there's so been so many instances in my life that I wonder, like, wow, did yoga prepare me for this? To, how to handle certain situations. I feel like I've handled them differently since um, starting yoga. Just a different mindset. Yeah, like the ability to handle things that are challenging in a more, I think for myself, in a more like calm way versus like reaction or, oh, it's the end of the world or, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this kind of a thing. So I totally hear you on that one. Um, I know from like different conversations that we've had or things that you've shared in trainings that you do apply like the principles of yoga in your day to day, but like also your other job. And I think you apply some of what you've learned in your other job to yoga too, because you've shared about that as well. So could you talk a little bit about that? Just how the two kind of have like overlapped in a way and like you've been able to apply them to each other to create I think like some balance um, from what I've heard from you before. For sure. I think it's symbiotic. So um, one of the things that I noticed that I took from yoga into my um, other job is the, the leadership, the confidence of being able to not only just speak my mind, but speak to different people and not um, letting that, you know, that fear of being judged uh, overtake me and keep me from doing things or saying things that I typically would have. But one thing that I know that I've learned in my job and I've been able to apply it here is we have, um, as part of my job, we do a lot of presentations. We do a lot of meetings. And since the 
pandemic, we've a lot of those have shifted to online and online presence and being more um, essential with the words that I say and how I speak and even the tone and speed of how I say things. I've, I've had training at work that I've been able to translate and use here in yoga and in teaching. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. So you learned at your other job about the way that you, is it like the way that you sound when you're saying things and how you're delivering things? Mm-hmm. Just communication, yeah. effective communication and effective yeah. listening. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, so another thing that I wanted to ask you about, you know, on your, um, we, you know, you've, we've have all of our guests fill out like a little survey and we ask, how do you play hard? And your answer was, I hang out with teenagers <laughs> and I had already been thinking about, um, you being a mom of older children compared to me, myself, um, having, you know, younger children. Um, I've been thinking about lately, and I know I shouldn't think about this because he, like, Owen's only five, but he, I'm like, oh my gosh, because he's the way he is and has been since he's, I mean, he is who he is, right? So you are who you are from the time that you're born, um, is that he's very, like, a learn your own mistakes kind of guy. Like, I tried, we try to, like, guide, help, give, like, things to him, but, like, often, like, he, just has to like have those fails. Um, and I've been like thinking lately, like, oh my gosh, what is this going to be like when he is a teenager or like a young adult? And so I'm curious, like just from your experience, and I know you, uh, your daughter's at college, right? And your two sons are still in high school. Is that correct? Um, okay. No, so almost. So yeah, Mateo almost. just graduated last year. So now okay. I've got two in yeah, out of high school and then one okay. in high school. Yeah. So like a really good perspective um, of just like how that I think parenting like is ever evolving, but how it has shifted for you to where your children are now in their lives being like kind of independent and, you know, like doing their own thing. How do you adjust? How do you navigate that? It's a constant balance. It's constantly checking in and ebbs, it flows. There are times that I don't want to let go, that I want to micromanage. And there's other times that I feel like it's perfectly okay to let go. Somebody told me a long time ago that um, the more as parents, the more we let our kids fail and and not necessarily fail, but the, the sooner we can let them come to terms with figuring things out on their own. And maybe it's like, hold on to your ice cream cone right now. You're going to drop it. It's almost like just let, let them drop it and let them figure it out versus constantly um, being around your kids, not letting them fail. Like you're going to fall down. You know, it's, it's different when it's, you're going to fall off the cliff or you're going to fall down and scrape your knee. It's, it's almost like it's let them fall down and scrape their knees. So they understand. So that's a failure instead of constantly um, protecting them. And then when they're, you know, when they're off to college or off in the real world, and then they, um, they don't get hired for their first job and it's the end of the world. And it's really not the end of the world. It's just that feeling of that, um, dealing with the, I don't want to say the word failure, but dealing with the, um, the not favorable outcome. And the sooner we can figure out how to deal with navigate things that don't go the way we want, 
um, the better prepared that we are because that's life experience and it's tough and it's constant. And it's like I said, it's a constant ebb and flow and um, constantly checking in, like checking myself. Checking in with yourself and them or. Yeah. And them, you know, ultimately I want to raise adult, conscious, compassionate, uh, responsible human beings that do their own thing and not necessarily the way I want them to. The only way they're going to learn is their way. And all yeah. of this being, yeah, I feel like being um, available for them to check in and knowing that they do check in when they need something is, is okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've, uh, I, I totally relate to that. Like, Especially, I don't know, but it, it. I understand what you're saying, and it has been really important for me understanding. I don't know how Sawyer will be yet. Like, he's too little to, like, really under... But I've just, like, Owen's just been that way. Like, he's just always been, like, even when he was littler, like, Sawyer. So maybe Sawyer won't be as much that way. But just, like, that whole, like, let them drop the ice cream, let them scrape the knee well if they scrape the knee and like learn that lesson then the hope is they don't fall off a cliff like you were comparing the two right like have the little failures and I you yeah you were using the word failure but then you're like I don't know if I want to use that word but it's like I think there's a way of like having failure be like okay you know like I think people have like a bad maybe like there's a bad like connotation with that word but sometimes like I look back at my life and I had some failures but like it made me the person that I am so I think like relating like knowing that all of the failures that I had ended up it ended all ended up being okay for me like having that trust that it'll be like that for my kids it's adversity yeah a level of adversity isn't necessarily a bad thing it actually it it teaches It, it has taught me so much, not only of how to behave or how I can navigate things, but it's taught me that there are things that I can handle that I didn't think that I could, you know, in my mind, I have often have an idea of how things are going to be. And, you know, even having kids, you think you've raised them a certain way and it gets to a point where you have to trust. I, I have to trust that I've showed them either by example or by, um, you know, directly telling them how, what the right thing to do is. And you've got to trust that, the, that they're going to become their own independent self, independent selves. I am not my parents. And there's so much that I have that I am that's different than what my parents um, brought or told me, you know, that I learned on my own. So adversity isn't such a bad thing. Um, it's, it's a really good teacher. Yeah. And how do you think that like, for you, that you've used like the principles of yoga to deal with that adversity? Like what kinds of things do you do when you feel like in your own life, when you feel like, how am I going to handle this? Like, what do you, what kinds of things translate for you from the mat out to your life? I think one of the biggest things is being in equanimity and that fight or flight staying with things that are uncomfortable has really served me. Um, just paying attention to when something's uncomfortable and trying to figure out where that's coming from. A lot of times it comes into um, something that I didn't realize was 
was way back in the back of my head, you know, under the cobwebs that I keep, you know, I say there's stuff in the back of the cobwebs that I didn't realize was there until I sit with something that's uncomfortable. And that, that principle there has served, served me, I think, um, a lot. Um, trusting, um, trusting that the process is, is where it's at and it's okay to be messy and it's okay for things not to be perfect. And yoga being a practice is, is important to me because it gives me the, the grace. It gives me the grace to be able to accept things the way they aren't and accept things the way they're not the way I thought that they needed to be, but maybe the way they're intended to be and to, to figure out a way and to keep, you know, keep flexible about uh, my mindset. And sometimes a new thing comes up and something as like, it's a, a new piece of wisdom comes up by not trying to force things. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think it's hard to have, I mean, for me, it's hard sometimes to have trust, but then what you said, like brought this into my mind is like, yeah, yoga is a practice. So is life kind of, I mean, none of us know what what we're doing really, (laughs) you know, like nobody has all the answers. Um, and it's kind of like what we were talking about in terms of like having failures and, um, you know, learning from them. It's like, that's, that's sort of like practicing life. It's like, it's okay if you mess up. You know, it's okay if you make the wrong decision, it's okay. But you have, like, the point is, is like learning from it and then moving forward in a different way. And also um, what you said about being willing to feel things, I think that's one of the pro- the main problems um, that a lot of people have today is there's so much to take us away from feeling like the constant information, the social media, the phones, the computers, like all the things and all of the escapes that people have to not feel. Um, I think, you know, it's created somewhat of a disconnected feeling um, in some ways with people, like just with interactions and with society in that way. For sure. Yeah. Sometimes I think uh, a lot of conversations, I don't know, I call them sort of like a tennis match. Like somebody will say something and my response is automatic because that's my response to that comment. And it becomes this like a volleying back and forth. And in the end, nobody's really listening to anybody. Everybody's talking about their own agenda. And really, I catch myself thinking I'm saying things that I'm not really paying attention to what I'm saying. I'm just reacting to um, like the tennis match, the volume that's coming my way. And by being able to stop and think about what it is that I'm really feeling or thinking has, has shifted something for me. And it's shifted a lot of conversations in my life. Sometimes, you know, this, the same argument, the same conversations keep happening. And by stopping and listening to where it is that I think I'm coming from, um, I'm able to shift the conversation, not only to how I'm feeling, but maybe conversations that are keep happening over and over again, we've been able to, to wrap up and move on from. I don't know if that makes sense. It does. I really relate to that because I think um, that I personally tend to, with some things, 
I just, I have it that like, that's what it is for myself or like my opinion or whatever. Like that's, you know, like the my way or the highway kind of situation, um, which I've like had to like being married to someone that's very like loose and like free flowing. Like since we've been together, I've had to really find balance in that. But I find myself like sometimes there's just something where I'm like stuck on it, you know, and like I'm not it's it, like you said, it's like it's become an automatic response where I just I'm not even open to like I'm not even listening to what's being said because I just have it that this is the answer and I'm not going to change my mind. And so I relate to that because um, what I've been trying to do is like just have it be a different conversation. Like what's the point of having the same conversation argument over and over with the same outcome? It's sort of like that definition of insanity. It's like doing the same thing and expecting a different result. Like it's going to end the way it's going to end. And so um, I've been trying to, yeah, like, actually listen like and like let go of some of the things I'm holding on to and like what look look at like why why do I have it that way um which I think is really important it's humbling it's almost an ego check and um yeah something that's worked for me lately is sometimes when I want to say something in sort of that um something that's in my head that that this is the way that things are and that um, I'm in my mind, it's right. And there's no other way. Um, Sometimes what's helped me lately is I stop and say, I have this feeling that's coming up and I'm not sure if I know what words to put with it, but I know that it's something that I'm feeling and I don't know why I'm reacting this way, but it's something and I'm not sure where it's coming from. Just leaving it really open, really, Um, without putting a specific word to it instead of, you know, like I'm angry or I'm anxious, just like, I have a feeling, I'm not sure what it is, helps keep it open for me to, to accept something else or a different direction. And so far it's worked. Um, I've been able to figure out more by being open to, I don't know what this is, but it's something. Yeah. That's really interesting. Like if you label the feeling, then you're that way almost, right? Like if you were to say, oh, I'm feeling angry, then like that's, you're like making that true. Committing to, yeah, you're committing yeah, to Yeah, like in a way, right? Like your words create your world. So like if you're just, yeah, you're having a feeling. And sometimes I think it's hard to pinpoint a feeling anyway. Like, because there might be a lot of things going into that feeling, like it, there might be some anger, but it might not just be anger. But if you label it one way, then it's like hard to just feel it, the uncomfortable. Like I know what you mean. Like I just, you know, when you get like that kind of like uncomfortable feeling, you're not like quite, yeah, you're not like settled in your body because there's something that you're you're having like a reaction to something and the feeling is coming up, but you don't know what it is. Yeah, that's really good. Life's not. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, you so and one of the other things I wanted to to touch on is like you're on your survey you said you're a look on the bright side type of person and I totally see that about you. I see that you're like you're just like kind of like the kind of person like to go with 
like to jump in like, okay, let's try that. Like you were like the first person to teach a virtual class when we had to go all virtual. You were the first person, I think, to teach the outside class on the yoga deck when we had to do the yoga deck. Um, just kind of like, all right, let's do it, you know? Um, so how has that, having that mentality served you in your life, just being able to look at things in a more positive way? Well, that definitely has come since, um, I've always been pretty positive, but that like, let's see what happens definitely came since, since yoga. And it, part of it is, you know, we try so many things that work or don't work, but they're sometimes the, 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 um, what's the word the, sometimes the, the gamble is minor and it's just, you know, trying something uh, like on the map, trying something on the map and it doesn't work. That's, that's a small, that's a small gamble. That's something that may or may not pay off. It's not life-changing. It's not anything major, but it's the, that shift that's, uh, has created this like, okay, well, let's see what happens. And that's, I think I've done a lot more um, since I've changed that shift in my perspective and a lot of opportunities have come my way and just being able to just be open to something like, sure, what, you know, what's the worst that can happen? It's like teaching a class online. What's the worst that can happen? I can flood and like, yeah, oh, well, you know, life, life goes on. And that's on my mat. It's important because it keeps me trying different things that I may or may not think that I can do. And it's, it's paid off that there are things that I have been able to do, but off the mat, it's the same thing. There have been things that I didn't think were possible. And by keeping, you know, just like, sure, why not? You know, at work, the same thing, like, sure, why not? I'm going to apply for that position, whether I'm qualified or not. It tells somebody that I'm interested in something more. And sometimes it's paid off and sometimes it hasn't. But overall, it's given me confidence to just like move forward. Yeah. And when you say sometimes it's paid off and sometimes it hasn't, like, I think sometimes we are like, if it doesn't happen right away, it hasn't paid off, but maybe like just the fact that you did that, like pays off 10 years later. I mean, you know, like the payoff might not be immediate. I think that's the thing that, um, I'm, I'm getting is like, when you try something, if it doesn't work right then, that doesn't mean that it's not creating something like for you in some way long-term. Like I remember, um, when I went to my first training with Baron Baptiste, the level one training, people were like, cause you do a lot of inquiry and people are like, I haven't had a breakthrough this week. Like I haven't had anything come up. That's like, you know, really big for me. And he was like, well, yeah, but you, you know, it might be like a year from now. Like the point is, is like you do the work, you do the things you, um, and then like, later at some point you might not even realize that that's why but it like comes to fruition or it creates something that you didn't know that would happen otherwise so I think there's just some power in just like being willing to go for it you know because you just never know it's that shifting in the momentum it's it sounds cheesy but it's really true sometimes you do something and maybe you're willing to do something now that doesn't pay off, but somebody was able, 
you know, somebody saw something then that, you know, later on down the road, they see an opportunity and they say, hey, you were willing to do this. You know, there's this opportunity here. And even though that thing didn't pay off, um, it created a shift. It's a, it is and creates a shift and a, a momentum that things change. Yeah, totally. Well, thank you, Maribel. This has been such a great conversation, and I am so glad that you made the time to be on the show today. Um, this was Play Hard and Love Big Radio, the official podcast of Spotted Dog Yoga and Sup in Folsom, California. You can take a listen on your favorite uh, podcast provider. We also post the video version on YouTube. So if you like that option, you can do that. You can subscribe and get notified anytime we put up a new podcast on YouTube. So thank you for joining and thank you, Maribel, and have an awesome, awesome day. Thank you. You too.